everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Everybody, it's Pat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, we have a four-time Emmy winner as our guest today. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I know. It's probably, probably the first one that's won four Emmys, I think. Mm, yeah, I mean, I can't remember any of those. Of course, I can't remember last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that we've had many um, successful actors, musicians, you know, we've had a lot of successful people. Yep. But for Emmys is, is really, I mean, it's nice to be uh, appreciated and honored for the good work that you do, I would think. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's got to be a, it's got to be pretty cool to uh, win, you know, multiple times, or once. I mean, you know, that's got to yeah. be awesome. I know. Can you imagine? Like always in my mind, I'm thinking like, what would my speech be if I would <laughs> win something? You know. Yes. Like, oh. more in my life, I've thought, like, I would win a Grammy Award, and what would I say, you know? Right, right. Well, maybe they'll give out awards for podcasting at some point. Yeah, and I don't want them to, like, cut my speech short for commercial. I hate when they do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also, I hate, like, when people walk out on this stage and, like, take the mic away from you when yeah, you're trying yeah, to make yeah. your speech. So, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figure, like, for podcasting, you know, that probably would not happen that way. You never know. Well, I Podcasters guess... are a strange bunch, so. <laughs> but talented, you know, some. Yeah, are of course. Very... Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think they would give just, like, one award to both of us and we'd have to, like, share it, or... I mean, I guess we would each get a, you know, a plaque or a trophy or something. Well, who'd make the speech? I think we would have equal time. Oh, wow. Well, you better not mess it up, that's all I can say. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no guarantees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to our guest Um, You know, she got to Accept the award All by herself Because it was given just to her But um, she has Gone on not just You know, some people would like Get four Emmys and They would just like call it quits You know, like, okay You know, I've achieved like a lot But she's on a You know, a current um, television series uh, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Right, yeah. Uh, so she's yeah, 
continued working, you know, and making um, really successful, uh, you know, appearances on uh, theater and uh, TV shows, movies. Right, yeah. I haven't... uh haven't seen Dahmer, but uh, I hear it's a good show, and uh, you know, um, and she's certainly gotten some recognition for that. You know, the whole topic of that's a little dark for me, um, so I have not seen it either. Um, I, I just can't even imagine. She plays his grandmother, so you know what a contrast from playing. Mama Walton, too. Yeah. Every Dahmer's grandmother. Right, yeah. Certainly, uh, I don't know, certainly quite a switch. Yeah, and and so I wonder, like, how does, that's something I'd be curious to know from her, is like, how do you prepare for a dark role like that? And especially... I mean, you know, there's, like, dark roles, and, you know, like, I think of, like, a lot of my plays are, you know, some would say on the dark side. <laughs> yes, uh, some would. <laughs> um, but, again, those are fiction. Uh, and this, with Jeffrey Dahmer, I mean, knowing that it, you know, was a r- real person who... Um, was that dark a serial killer cannibal you know but but yet um you know someone's son um someone's grandson uh it just i just wonder if that's like a different approach to playing you know a real villain i I guess you would call him a villain i mean you know i don't i don't know um there there must be like some some redeeming qualities. I mean, I think everybody, you know, hu- humans are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a, you know, really dark subject. So I, I just have not uh, delved into that. So. Yeah, I haven't either, and I probably won't. I mean, uh, I'm not too overly interested in serial killers and that whole, you know, that whole thing. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot, are a lot of people who are, so they find it fascinating that, uh, you know, um, trying to figure out like what drives them or that sort of thing. Yeah. And how they get caught and, you know, all of that, because, um, they, in many cases seem to be very high functioning and very intelligent and, you know, like Ted Bundy, and uh, right. many of them are able to get by with it for a really long time. So, um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting, though, that we are getting to talk to the actress who is playing uh, the grandmother. And, you know, The Waltons is, it's one of those shows, like, you know, we, we had Mary Ellen, Judy Norton, and right. that was, we learned a whole lot about it at that time. Uh, and I think I said on that, but I'll just say it again, because my dad was such a huge Walton's fan, and he would really, really, really be so, like, happy to know that I was 
gonna be talking to Mama Walpit. <laughs> yeah, probably. He would not believe it, probably. Like I hardly can. <laughs> yeah. It was kinda kinda surreal for sure. We've gotten because to talk. It, Go ahead. Oh, you know, she has one of those voices like Loretta Swit has that's very memorable. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if it's going to seem like um, that we're talking to Mama Walton uh, when we do the interview. Yeah. Did you watch the show a lot? I mean, I, I guess you did by extension. Um, you know, not not as much. Like, not, um, you know, like, sit down and start to finish. I, I Over the years, I have seen many of the episodes, but... Um, not particularly while it was on. Um, mm. yeah. I saw one recently. I don't remember how I ended up watching it, but uh, it was like a Christmas episode or something um, where everyone was sort of scattered and couldn't make it home for Christmas. And there was a, I don't know, there was a lot going on. It was, you know little bit beyond me i didn't know didn't know really who the characters were and stuff but uh you know good writing and uh um it was interesting yeah there was one with the baldwin sisters that was really interesting too um so i i definitely think the writing um i mean it's based on a true story like uh you know the the real family experiences so Mm-hmm. I guess that you know lends itself to good writing when it's it does yeah when you're pulling yeah when you're pulling from real life I'm sure it makes it a little bit easier just yeah. change the names to protect the innocent <laughs> <laughs> or the guilty <laughs> oh yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> um, but I you know it's fascinating that we're getting to. Again, you know, I said it before, but I I just feel like it's a bit of TV history and we we get just a little glimpse into, you know, maybe some of the things that we didn't know. Um, And I just I find that fascinating. It's a great job we have. Well, you know, some say it is the hardest job ever, but, you know, you seem to do well at it. So, (laughs) Yes, thus I will say when I'm accepting my award. (laughs) 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 Well, there you go. All right, well, let's talk to Michael Learned and uh, uh, hear all about the Waltons and Jeffrey Dahmer's grandmother and all the other things that she's been doing. All right, let's do it. Michael Lernan, I'm going to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We are so honored to have you as our guest today. Well, thank you. You know, you, you know you're old when people say they're honored to have you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily. It just means that you have been very successful, which you have. You, um, you had a very interesting career, like... Um, you know, being John Boy's mother and then Jeffrey Dahmer's grandmother, that's like... I know, what a switch, huh? Yeah, a few people can <laughs> say they've had both of those. Um, well, actually, his grandmother wasn't, she wasn't out killing people and she just loved her grandson. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and, and I do want to talk a little bit about that role and, um, Okay. I, I want to get some of your backstory um, before we get into, of course, the Waltons and, and just your whole career. But uh, where did you grow up? Where does uh, life begin for you? Um, in Washington, I was born in Washington, D.C. And um, I grew up in uh, Connecticut on a 21-acre hobby farm, they call it, in Wisconsin. Uh, gentleman's farm, they call it, in Connecticut. So hmm. it wasn't um, an agricultural working farm, but we did have all our own organic uh, vegetables, and we, my father raised uh, show rabbits, checker giants, and we had a cow, so we had my my best friend's family near, lived nearby, and we shared uh, her milk with that family. And so, in a sense, we, we had the best of both worlds. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, place. The people who had owned it before us were horticulturalists. So there was a wildflower garden. It was like, it was magical. There was a wildflower garden. There were lilacs around the circular driveway and um, flowers everywhere, roses and forsythia and all the beautiful, anything you could, apple trees in the front yard um, pears growing along the fence it was just hmm. a paradise really it sounds like it and so have you continued with um that part of your life are you do you still have like a green thumb and flowers i, and all, all I have never had a green thumb but i love flowers <laughs> <laughs> well we have that in common i okay. uh, i could kill anything i believe um Though I do love flowers, too. Um, so how, how were you exposed to the arts? Well, I, I loved dancing when I was a little girl. And like most little girls, I wanted to be a ballerina. Um, and, well, I think about it now, and I think we, I didn't want to be a ballerina. I wanted to be a prima ballerina. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so my... Um, so I had ballet lessons, and uh, we went to New Canaan and had ballet lessons two or three times a week. And then when we moved to Austria, um, I were, went to a boarding school in England where they, they were teaching ballet and drama. And the teacher one day took me aside and said, you know, you're not a very good a dancer. Why don't you think about becoming a special drama student? <laughs> so that was kind of what I did. Uh, how did that news, um, how did you take that news? Were you crushed or were you like, okay, well, maybe she's right? The latter. It was kind of, okay, I think she's right. I'm too lazy to be a dancer. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, the dedication of, a, of dancers is just remarkable and um yeah and and i had won the drama cup which was a sort of surprise to everyone because we we had a little in school competition every year and um i won and wow. everybody was shocked and that's when the teacher sort of took me aside and said really not a very good dancer <laughs> <laughs> so, you know and it was wonderful I, the school was so fabulous because the ballet students had a ballet class every morning and then one other class, maybe tap or, or drama or 
some Greek dancing, whatever they had. So they, but they consistently had a ballet class every day. And I, when I became a special drama student, I had a drama class every morning, plus dance classes. So, you know, you're really getting trained in your, you know, in your bones at such an early age. I was 11, I guess. Uh, So what uh, caused the move to Austria? Well, I, I didn't know at the time, but my father was working for what was then the OSS, I guess, and later became the CIA. So he was well, doing yeah. the Secret Service stuff. Yeah. I, I guess. Hmm. It seems like the move um, was a good thing for you as far as the arts go. Um. Yeah, it was a big wrench, though. I, I left... Um, I had a pet goat named Becky, Rebecca, and uh, I had to leave her behind. And, um, you know, at 11, your school, you know, your friends are everything. And um, so I wasn't too happy um, at first, but um, I grew to love it after, you know, after we'd been there. We we were there for three and a half years, so... um, I grew, I love the country. It's the most beautiful country in the world, Austria. And we learned to speak German very quickly. My father just put us straight into a a local school. And so we had to learn to speak German very quickly. And um, it, it was really a remarkable experience. Very much like the sound of music, believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so um, at what point was it there that you decided this was going to be your career path well mm, no i always wanted to be a dancer way way before we moved to austria you know when i was a kid um and i don't think i had thought of it as a real career i didn't you know you when you're a kid you don't think in terms of career it was just you know the fantasy of Kind of curtsying at the end of a, a ballet, yeah. and somebody bringing you flowers and cheering or whatever. Um, but I, I got very, very quickly, very serious about acting, and um, I loved it. I loved, I loved the words. We studied Shakespeare. It became, it became sort of second nature uh, to me, and I still do. I mean, when I'm doing a play, or I remember doing uh, Under Milkwood, Dylan Thomas's beautiful play, and sitting there and thinking, God, am I lucky to be sitting up here and feeling, listening to these words and speaking these beautiful, this beautiful poetry that he's written, and you know, so I left the dancing behind. I've always loved to dance. I still take classes, even at my age. Uh, jazz classes, but um, but acting was sort of where I was supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. So you um, fell in love with the stage first, it sounds like. Um, yes. Before you got into film. So what was what caused the transition? Uh, when did you make that from stage to? Was the Waltons your first role? No, I'd I'd been doing television. I I lived in Canada, 
for a while. Um, my first husband was Canadian. We lived in Toronto. So I did a lot of um, television there. But a lot of it was television, you know, the big the, the big cameras. And um, we did some of them. For the CBC, we did some real classics with these awkward big cameras and, and running from one stage to another stage. Uh, it was uh, quite an experience. And then uh, film. And then uh, when we moved to San Francisco to the repertory company, the American Conservatory Theater, um, at one point when my marriage was kind of falling apart, I decided to drive down to L.A. and meet testing people. And my agent said, why don't you try out for this role? And I said, I, I'm not right for that part. And he said, go anyway. And I did. And there, I, got, I just, the hand of God was on my shoulder, I think. Um, why did you think that the role wasn't right for you initially? Well, it, it was a role that Patricia Neal had played initially. And we are, I'm, she's dark, brunette, uh, I'm blonde. And she was in her 40s and I was 32. And I, I, the part was calling for a redheaded woman with long hair in her 40s. And I had short blonde hair and I was 32. So I... I didn't think I stood a chance, but there was a wonderful woman who was the head of casting for CBS named Ethel Wynant, and she had come up to San Francisco to see plays, and she went to bat for me, and a, a, a director friend of our, mine later told me she wrestled Fred Silverman to the ground over you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she, she was my angel. Wow. And so after you got the role, um, then did you feel more like, yes, you know, I, I think I am, I can make this character. Um, it is suited for me. Well, you know, the writers, after a while, they get to know you, so they begin to write for you in a way. I mean, it just rubs off, I suppose, and... Um, I had I had a little trouble in the beginning with Earl because Earl Hamner, the creator of the show and the real John Boy, uh, he he idealized his entire family and his mother. He he didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and um, I said, Earl, you know, didn't your mother ever make a mistake? I mean, she's so perfect; everybody's going to hate her. <laughs> and um, so I had to struggle sometimes. I said, you know, have her scold the wrong child, make a mistake. You know, it doesn't have, she doesn't have to kill anybody, but have her be human and not just so perfect and you know, all always loving and kind and understanding. So he listened to me, and God bless him. He he, he gave her some, gave me some meat to chew on. You know. Yeah, because I'm thinking with all those children, uh, you know, a, a mom is is bound to make some mistakes. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. And it's endearing when you see people make mistakes. Um, there was one script I remember where um, um, Tammy Cutler um, got a little a doll from Igodzi's um, store. And uh, a, a wandering homeless peddler guy sort of comes into the family. And um, 
and he has a daughter. He tells them that he has a daughter, and and he doesn't have any money, and he he's walking away, and they, it, Earl had Cammy run after him and give him her doll. And I said, Earl, why don't you have her want to give him the doll? <laughs> and she runs after him, but she just can't part with the doll because that's, that's kind of human. And, uh, right. and he, he changed it, which was very sweet of him. But because, you know, who, who loves these perfect people? And, and we're always being written up that we're so perfect, that the family was so perfect. But really, we tried very hard to have us not be perfect. Well, your co-star, Ralph Waite, um, there definitely seemed to be a, a real chemistry or connection um, with the two of you. Did you said that from the beginning? Pretty much. I was a little intimidated in the beginning because I, I thought the kids seemed to know how to hit their marks. and every, I hadn't done television in a long time. I'd been doing theater. And um, I was sort of intimidated. But um, I, can't, I can't describe what happened with Ralph. But we were... We became husband and wife in a in a very in a way like spiritual husband and wife. Um, we became best friends, and um, that made it all so much easier. I, I can't even imagine spending nine years with people you you don't get along with. Hmm. You know, fifteen hour days with people you don't get along with. And fortunately, we all we all really liked each other and cared about each other. So. Again, I, I feel very fortunate. Um, did you ever have any um, spats with each other? Oh, sure. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like a real family? Um, yeah, we were like a family. I mean, Ellen once didn't want to... I can't remember what happened, but something... Uh, oh, they changed the line of hers, or she wanted to change the line, and the producers didn't want her to, and... She locked herself in her dressing room and wouldn't come out. <laughs> and I finally, you know, I finally got her to open the door, and she was freezing cold. The air conditioner was on, and her lips were blue, and she was chattering. And I got the prop man to give her, I said, go get some whiskey of some kind, something. And, um, you know, got her to take a couple of slugs and <laughs> take her home. And... Um, you know, it was very dramatic, and, and yeah, there was, of course, there was stuff like that. I mean, Ralph and I had a spat once, and I had to knock on his dressing room before the scene. I said, we got to make up because we can't do the scene if I'm still mad at you. <laughs> and what was his reaction? He held out his arms. Yeah, he was a sweet man. He was a nice man. Yeah. Yeah, and he had a daughter who died of leukemia, so he was gravely wounded by her death. I I think his heart never really fully recovered from the loss of his daughter. Mm. And, yeah, um, and imagine yeah, so there was a sadness deep within Ralph, um, kind of a deep sadness. Um, and he was just a he was a very um, human guy 
but a very decent person. Did you remain friends or do you remain friends with everyone um, after this show? We still, we, yeah, we adore each other. We don't always see that much of each other because, you know, they have their families now. But right. whenever there's a reunion, we, we all, we're, we're just like kids. We're just so happy to be with each other. Um, I don't think, I honestly don't think I could have done it if it was, hadn't been that way. Uh, I'm not good at working with people I don't like. Yeah. Well, um, this is 50 years, I guess. So um, what have the celebrations been like this year? Terrifying to think it's 50 years. It seems like yesterday. Wow. Every day I say to my husband, I'm one day closer to death. (laughs) 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 And what does he say back? Like, oh, shut shut up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Will you stop? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he has a great you, sense of humor, so. Do you still see that, like, when you see them, uh, you know, because obviously they're older as well, um, do you still see them, though, like, they were your children, you know, at the, the ages they were in the Waltons, or I mean, how is that, seeing them uh, grown up? now with their own kids and it's just the same well i mean it's the same as seeing my own kids they were my second family and while we were shooting the show i spent more time with them than i did with my own kids really um it was interesting because i'd be with them all day and sometimes into the night there were long hours and um i'd come home and my kids would be waiting with all their problems and I remember once just saying, I'm on strike. And they used it in the show. Um, but I told my kids, I said, I'm on strike. I just can't. I was. I had groceries and everything, and I was going to cook dinner. And, and they were just all with all their problems and the homework and the this and the that. And I said, I just can't. And I sat down, and my youngest son, Lucas, said, well, can we, can we say good morning? And I said, Yes, you can say good morning. <laughs> I'm on strike tonight. <laughs> and so you won four Emmys. Um, what was it like to win that very first one? Oh my God, it was it, it was a transcendent experience. Really, I, I hadn't expected it at all. I mean, I didn't even know. I didn't know anything. I was I I was a theater person, you know, and I just I I didn't really even know what the Emmys was all about, to tell you the truth. But they sent a limo to pick me up, and we had this beautiful I had this beautiful Bill Blass dress, and with a feather boa, no less. And my son was all dressed up in his rented uh, dinner jacket, and <laughs> um, he even combed his hair, and he was my date, obviously, and. Um, and off we go. We were both excited. It was like we were outsiders, really. We weren't in the Hollywood milieu, really. And um, so it was all a big adventure. And um, I was so relaxed because I didn't think, it never occurred to me that I would win an Emmy for pouring coffee, basically. And um, <laughs> when they called my name, they, they got it um, mixed. They, they 
they knew it was a woman who had won, but my name was Michael, and so they were understandably a little confused, and they kind of stuttered over my name. And Chris and I were just kind of enjoying everything, and then we said, I remember the expression on his face when he realized that it was me, and I, he must have seen it on my face, too, and the two of us were wide-eyed, <laughs> and um, I don't remember anything else except I remember calling my kids uh, afterwards from a payphone and telling them that I had won, and they were all so excited. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, really a big honor. So I can only imagine you went on to win three more. So um, I did. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> it was, and each time it's a thrill, but there was no thrill like that first time. Sure. I mean, that was really... Um, actually, after that, you get nervous then because you think, oh, my God, what if I win? I'm going to have to get up and thank everybody and I won't remember anybody's names and oh gosh then it gets stressful <laughs> well did they get your name right um, as the second one and so forth yes they did yes yeah. they did and you know they had to um, in the first year of the Waltons they put Miss in front of my name because they had a picture of me with Cammie Elizabeth mm. um, and they said, well, it's going to confuse people if the name Michael Learned comes up with that picture. So they had to put Miss Michael Learned. It wasn't wasn't me being a prima donna. It was just to clarify that I was, a, was indeed and am indeed a woman. <laughs> so um, is there a backstory to being named Michael or... Yeah, my parents were such smart asses, you know. I mean, <laughs> I said, why Why did you name me Michael? And my father said, well, had you been a boy, we were going to name you Caleb. But as you were a girl, we decided to name you Michael. Hmm. <laughs> I, think you know, I think they'd had a few martinis or something and thought it was cute. <laughs> Alcohol may have been involved. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably, yes. Hmm. Well, I I want to talk about this new role that you've been playing uh, as Jeffrey Dahmer's grandmother. Um, what did you know about Jeffrey Dahmer before um, the series? Well, I knew pretty much what everybody knows. I knew he was a serial killer and a monster and that he was actually a cannibal. Um, I mean, it was he was a horrifying person and then when I tried to do research to find out about her Catherine um, I uh, th there was nothing really on her except some home movies which showed her kind of walking around the house with her cat um, but I had to but he was he loved to talk about it I mean he he was quite articulate, and he talked about it as if he was trying to figure it out himself. I remember at one point he said, well, I think there must be something wrong with my brain or something, because, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how I could have done those things. That kind of thing, as if he was trying to analyze himself. It's weird. Weird. What is it like to... 
to love someone like that. Like I'm sure as a, a mother or grandmother, you're going to probably love your child no matter what they do. Um, but it must also be like a weird feeling to, you know, to have that realization that, that they, you know, are terrible in that way. So Horrible. Horrible. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no. Go ahead. Just of how, how you felt, like, how you prepared for that. Well, I didn't uh, prepare for him being a serial killer. I prepared for a grandmother loving her grandson. And, you know, in truth, denial is a very powerful mechanism. How could she not have somewhere in the back of her mind known that he was chopping up bodies in her basement um, and, you know, cooking liver, uh, a human liver? How could she not have somewhere known it? But apparently she didn't. And... um, uh, so I just played the love of a grandmother for her grandson. I have a grandson living with us now. He's studying to be a chef, and he's he's living with us. He's he's delightful and charming and good-looking and everything a grandson should be. And, um, you know, I, I looked at him one day, and I thought, how would I feel if I discovered that this person I love so much and trust completely, I discovered that he was out doing really bad things to people. Um, and I thought, no, I'd still love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the thing that I struggle with when I think of all of it is that you you know, that love just wouldn't go away. But what a mm-hmm. what a terrible like realization it was for all of them. And I remember my little, my son Lucas saying to me when he was just a kid, um, he said, Mom, if I, if I killed somebody, would you turn me in? And I had to think, oh, God, please give me the right words. I don't know how to answer this question. So Mm -hmm. what came to me was, yes, I would turn you in, but I would come and visit you every single day. And that was the best I could do, would be that I couldn't allow you to go killing people, but I wouldn't stop loving you. Wow. And did he seem, um, you know, satisfied with that answer? Oh, yeah. To me. He was fine with it. I mean, he's not a weird, he's not a weird person. (laughs) He was just a thoughtful kid. I mean, it was a, it's one of those questions that kids come up with sometimes where you just go, oh, my God. How do I answer this question? Yeah. And I think um, God sent me the right answer. Well, um, so you, you've got to play uh, a parent. You are a parent and a uh, grandparent. So what's next for you in your career? I'm waiting for the phone to ring. Um, I, I, had, I was supposed to go to Canada to do On Golden Pond with Hal Linden. Oh, wow. uh, and I fell and broke my wrist. So I couldn't do it. And um, um, that was, I love working there. I've worked for them before. They're a couple from Stratford. Uh, artistic directors are from Stratford, Ontario, the Shakespeare Festival. And as I, as I mentioned, I, I spent many years in Canada, living in Canada. And um, 
So I always feel like I'm kind of going to my second home when I go back. And uh, that was disappointing. I really was looking forward to doing it. Um, but um, I'm fine now, and so now I'm just sort of out of work, uh, waiting for something to come along, and it usually does, thankfully. So, Matt, um, what do you think? Um, you must have some questions. Or... Um, I, I was just, well, so, hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to articulate this, uh, and I, I don't want to keep you on the phone here, so because I know our time is getting short. So um, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to answer a question that we typically ask a lot of guests, and uh, uh, if you could um, play one role across anything any role any number of roles that have been you know cast over the years what what would you pick oh my gosh um i've been so grateful and lucky because i you know i was in a repertory a wonderful repertory company in san francisco and i got to play the great roles of cleopatra and um merchant of venice and I got to play those parts, and I, the wonderful thing about repertory is you can you can fail, and then still get up on stage the next day yeah. and do a different play and and win. So, um, it was a very safe place for me to be, and we we taught and we took classes and we acted, and it was a. Um, it was a, an amazing time for me, and I think because of it, uh, it I got the role of Olivia Walton, um, because of all the work that I was doing in San Francisco. Mm. All right, well, we're not going to keep you any longer, but we certainly thank you for stopping by to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for um, your good questions. I appreciate it. All right. Have a wonderful afternoon. Have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you.